Three, two, one. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something stopping you from taking that next step in your life? Is there something blocking you from being happy? Well, then you should check out BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is an online service that will connect you with one of their professional personal counselors in under 48 hours. Their counselors are specialized in many areas, including stress, anxiety, anger, and depression. You'll be able to schedule weekly video or phone sessions with your counselor in a safe and private online environment. BetterHelp is also more affordable and and a more convenient option than the traditional in-person counseling. We here at the 2-on-1 Podcast want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash listener. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash listener. Kodak! Hey, we're here, lads. How are you? Hockey podcast. I'm so excited. There's so much to talk about. I know. Maybe not so much, but more so the stuff we're talking about is going to be quite entertaining. So what do we have here? Kodak. Kodak Oh, I forgot since we last recorded, Bergevin got hired. Yeah. Yeah. That cheeky little nugget. Like We called it, right? We called it. Yeah, there were reports last year he was going to L.A. It sickens me because you have Phil, Phil, Phil Deneau's there like, pardon moi, excusez-moi, pourquoi? I, I miss Phil Deneau so much. It's just, he said, he doesn't, des- we'll get into that a little later. What else is there? Okay. Talk about Nick Lidstrom being back in the game. That's always really cool to see. Rick Bonus got a little mad. Ken Holland spoke. Oh. Bobby Clark spoke, which oh. we get too often. Oh, geez, that podcast. <laughs> Tukarask is starting tomorrow, which is, yeah, Tukarask is back. woo that's really funny. And then there's some updates to do with some of the GM surges around the league. Uh, the Leafs game that everyone totally remembered happening last night, and I didn't forget how dare you do such a thing. And Montreal played tonight for the wow. first time in like a week or two. How do you how do you feel about that, Adam? Well, they're actually icing an NHL roster today, so that's fun. And with Rhett, with, no, Rem Pitt, not Rhett, not Rhett. I think they drafted Rhett. But Rem Pitt like, being in means... Set, like Cedric Paquette's probably gone, so that's pretty great. To start, though, I want to read you guys some tweets. If you, first off listening, have not excused my phone for some reason, it was bringing up my debit card to pay virtually when I just wanted to unlock my phone. He's giving us a tip. Something. What? You're giving, remember on Twitter, you could give tips now? Yeah. Yes. So, gentlemen, I'm going to read some tweets here. If you haven't seen the Kodak thing, how have you not seen the car? I looked who Black. that man is yesterday. Yeah, Kodak way. Black. And not the camera company. <laughs> no, Kodak Black. I believe, I believe he's a rapper. He is a rapper. Kodak, you know that meme where it's like the two names and they're shaking hands, almost like the, the predator meme of uh, Carl Weathers and Arnie? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Handshake? I just watched that two days ago, by the way. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, Kodak and Alexander Barkov, undressing people during hockey games. <laughs> Kodak Black and Tom Wilson hitting from behind. And uh, hold on. Ooh, I thought I had. Oh, here we are. So tired. And this is from Down Goes Brown. So tired of watching the NHL uh, and thinking somebody scored only to have it overturned after a replay. Um, also, oh go God. find Roberto Longo's tweet. Also, <laughs> candidate for the Montreal Canadiens. So did you see? <laughs> 
did you see, you know, scouting the refs, the account? Yes. Did you happen to see their tweet? I can't remember what it was. Okay. So <laughs> it was perfect. It's perfect. Uh, no, no. From player safety, Kodak Black has been fi- fined $5,000 for checking from behind. During Tuesday's game, Black delivered forceful contact from behind where contact was clearly made on the back part of the body. Rule 43. This is checking from behind. Black has not previously been fined or suspended during his one game career as an NHL fan. Black's fine is the maximum allowed under the CBA. The money goes to the arena staff who had to clean up that luxury box. <laughs> Like, where did the like? Was it a fan that just decided, let me record this? Some guy who I guess saw and he took a he just took a video. Like, you can see it's a half empty arena, so you knew it was Florida. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best part is it happened next to the Panthers box, like the where all their their office guys were, like their their upper brass. And then he just he just zoomed in, and it's just you think it's uh, apparently it was just a girl twerking on him, but it definitely looked like something nefarious was going on can't go into too much too much detail thank you the voice said is always being a great platform for the show um, but it just could you and then he like zooms and shows that it's it's the panthers management next to him and you just hear the guy say what's going on because you, you couldn't believe it oh it's the God. biggest i was joking with will i messaged him and i said will baldwin i said is this i, I said genuine question he's like yes sir i'm like is this the biggest mainstream news to happen to hockey since Wayne Gretzky got traded to LA? Serious, I seriously question that. Probably. That's they do a poll on this. Throw it we on should. Instagram. We'll, we'll do it. Yep. Throw it on in the Twitter. Instagram. Yeah, Twitter is probably a better one to get. Yeah. Oh, no. 100%. 100%. Um, Check out the Instagram. Come on. I, <laughs> I threw out the idea today. So I need, I wanted to double check, but I, I didn't find anyone was performing at this year's All Star game. Now, yeah, no, listen, listen. I mean, listen, I don't really want to, and and I'm a Green Day fan. I don't really want to hear Green Day. I don't want to hear like some random Canadian band that they pulled from small town, like Manitoba. Like, I don't, I just hometown hockey, Alex. Where the usuals? No, but you know, like, it's it's usually a country or some like random, not real, it's like pop rock. And it's like, guys, what, what? Are you trying to attract? Uh, They all said Kid Rock. Kid Rock, yeah. Oh, Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. It's just. I'm going through. um, I have a CBC Hockey Night in Canada um, list that I think someone compiled, and I'm like, okay, let's let's see who the bands usually are. So it's usually Coldplay. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine Dragons. Uh, What else was here? for some reason, classic U2. Not I, I assume the Arkells are there as well. Arkells, like yeah. I know they've performed. Um, I don't remember where. Did they do the Great Cup? And we're really good. Yes, they oh, did yeah, the yeah. Great Cup. Yeah. Is that the standard? It's just washed up bands? Yeah, that, that, that is the end of the show. So instead of finding Kodak yes. for public, he didn't expose himself or anything, but like instead of like finding him for just... I don't think you can have that type of stuff in public. Instead of finding no. him, what you do is his punishment. He's like court ordered to perform at the NHL All Star Game. I'm just saying, it might be I, worse than going to jail. That would probably get the most publicity. Like, I think it would be probably it. the most. It would drag in a lot of people who have never touched hockey. I guarantee it. 
I almost guarantee it. It's going to become like meme in a way that it helps the game. I'll put it this way. If Kodak Black stopped you from watching hockey, if he performed at the All-Star game, why? Biggest thing. Okay, I have an idea. <laughs> Let's hear it. This will help everybody. Okay. Kodak Black, Kodak Black yeah. performs at the All-Star game. Okay. Okay, and wearing Thanks. a Kachina jersey. Oh, oh there we go. There you go. You know, helps the no, Arizona wait. Coyotes. Wait, wait, with the cactus or without the cactus? With the cactus. Without the cactus. Without the cactus. No, we need the classic one, the, the white one they brought back this year. Uh, no fun, you know that? You I, love. I still I mean, are they still available, the Retro Reverse? They're not available right. anymore. Really? Yeah. I mean, they could get them on sale on like the Adidas website, but only certain teams. The league sucks. Yeah, it's like if you look at Colorado Avalanche stuff at like Sports Check, there's an X amount of teams and there's other teams. And the uh, like the, the place holding image for other teams is Colorado. If you click other teams, there's a single Dallas Star jersey and nothing else. No Colorado to be seen, which is a shame because Kale McCarr is over. <laughs> you guys see his goal last night? I did, yeah. Oh, baby. I did. Oh. The confidence. I love it. There was some metric I saw that it was like goal since a certain amount of time. And it was 14 goals, and it was all skaters. So it was Matthews, Forsberg, and defenseman Kale McCarr. What a, like a head turner that guy is. I, I try and watch as much Colorado Avalanche hockey as, as like possible. Must watch. Must watch. A must, uh, a must for us to talk about here, though. Mark Bergevin, the former GM of the Montreal Canadiens, formerly also of the Chicago Blackhawks. Don't forget about that. Um has now joined the LA Kings organization. Uh, right now, he's senior advisor. I think there's a belief that he will be assistant GM starting next year. Um, there's been an asterisk because apparently this season he'll still be available to interview, but they bring him into the fold. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I don't get how people look at his resume and they, yeah, he made it to a cup final, but did he really? Had a team, Gary Price, covering a lot of the blemishes, you know what I mean? Look at how well the team he coached is doing. How he fumbled two third overall draft picks. You know, just say it. I can't wait for them to trade, like, Quinton Byfield for a tough guy like Robbie Fabry or something. <laughs> I saw that tweet. I'm like, hey, he just signed an extension. <laughs> oh, I have a question. So, you know how, Adam, you said there were rumors he was going to L.A. last year? Yes. Wouldn't that be considered tampering? Because I'm just wondering, because I know the NBA is cracking down on a lot of that. Like they're looking at the Miami Heat with their tampering with Kyle Lowry going from Toronto to Miami. Tampering is the worst kept secret in the NHL. The only time it's actually like, I think the only time there's been tampering recently was when Jim Betting was open about like, hey there, I'm going to go and talk. I won't speak a Subban and all that like before his contract was up. Um, and like talking about who he was targeting at free uh, for like the, the trade deadline. He was complete. It doesn't happen often. Well, that's why it's like before free agency starts, they got rid of that, got rid of the interview period. But even this season, before the interview, the official free agency started, the night before Bob McKenzie tweeted out, I think this player is going to go here, here, and here. And I think he was right for all but one player. Yeah, so like, it, it's it's a thing they just don't care about. Tamper if you want. Who cares? Have Bergman. It defeated the purpose. Getting rid of like getting rid of that rule. You still had Bob McKenzie, and I'm sure there was others that 
tweeted about guys either the night before or the morning of. It just felt like, come on, like it, it ha- it's happening. Like it's evident. It's obviously happening. Remember when it was we knew from the moment he wanted out of St. Louis? No, I don't think he wanted out, but the moment that St. Louis were looking at trading Kevin Chattenkirk, everyone knew he was going to New York, and then it, he did. There are just some secrets he can't keep. You know what I mean? So I, anyway, uh, going back to Bergevin, uh, apparently it has been very much said that Rob Blake will be the GM in the future. Apparently, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's been confirmed by the Kings themselves, but apparently yeah, he, he signed an extension today. It, well, it was today, was it? Yeah. Interesting. Was there a term on that? Did they say? Or? I'm going to say four years, but I will check just to confirm. I'll double check. Okay, Bergevin's, I think, starting next year, Bergevin's AGM deal that happens, I think is supposed to be three years as well. So, I mean, sorry, is as well. We all know about uh, Blake's, but see, LA is really weird. Cause remember, Robotai was the GM for a little bit. Then he just sort of stepped to the side and Rob Blake did it. I thought the moment I saw he was going to be GM next year, Bergevin, I, for a second, I was going to be so mad. But, you know, this almost makes sense because obviously he wanted to move on from Montreal. Um, the pressure of it was clearly, again, we love looking at the before and after pictures of him getting hired. Um, but maybe he just doesn't, he's okay if he doesn't find a job that he can be a sort of cushy upper management, not making all the big decisions themselves, but still being uh, a voice. Mm-hmm. I still don't think he should have a job. I don't think he's a great GM. Overall, he can do good things. We talked about with Patrick and multiple times, he can make good trades in that. But um, I, I think people got to, do people not for like remember Logan Mayu and how he made that decision? Like, why is this? This is such an, an awful sport. It's so awful. Uh, first, uh, it's believed to be four or five years. Uh, the extension. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I, I think, like, listen, I think you make a good point. I just don't think they care. No, no. Like, I, I, I thought that was evident. I think we've slowly learned more and more about the NHL since Bill Peters. I, I think we brought this up last episode too. We've slowly learned more and more about the NHL and how it's run and the people within it over the last 18 months. And while things are still surprising, they're not surprising at the same time. Are you saying, Alex, you don't believe Evander Kane deserves a second chance? Well, like if, it, if it third. was the second the chance, if it yeah. was his, if it was his second chance, no, like he went from Buffalo to Winnipeg, and then or was it Winnipeg? Sorry, Winnipeg. Where where did he go first? Well, Winnipeg because so, he was drafted by the Thrashers to yeah. Buffalo. Correct. So he went. Remember, Suitgate was a thing. So he went from Winnipeg to Buffalo. What, what's what's Suitgate for people who don't know? Where he wore a track suit and it caused a kerfuffle within the locker room. And do you remember what Dustin Bufflin did? Yeah, he oh, yeah, flipped the him. There was the, he flipped him off in that picture that I see to this day. Oh my god, it's also like threw his bag into a shower. Yes, yes, yes I he remember did that, that too. I forgot. I, just to confirm, when did he do the the money? Was that what team was that? Was that Buffalo or Winnipeg? What the money? you know the money stack when he's like listening? It, I you know that, that people was in can... San Jose because it was in Vegas. Was that already San Jose? Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can find it. Let's let's unpack the multiple layers of why Alex <laughs> looking at that. Um, Daniel, your take on the whole Bergevin thing. Maybe I'm a bit biased here, but no. Uh, you know, honestly, like, I think there had to be a bit of time before. And I'm saying this from what I think, not what the NHL, the way it operates. But there just had to be a bit of time before you actually thought, okay, 
let's bring this guy back into management and listen it's all about what we talked about before i'm not gonna always just describe the old boys club but i'm gonna mention that it's all about the connections it's all about who you know and mark bergerman it's just it's just that name again that we're gonna keep seeing that you know it's just this rotation we see of guys like they get fired at one team and then we'll see them name their name emerge pretty quickly Break it down for people who don't remember. This is a guy that, um, again, he he came with Michelle Ter- uh, not Mich- yeah, Michelle Terrian, uh, went through Claude Julien. Um, Dom Ducharme was his guy, and look how that sort of turned out. Um, you look at how the Habs, how long it took to really start to not even they could they can't develop players still to this day. With did he build the cupboards up of prospects? Yeah, then they're in a good state if they do decide to fully rebuild, like there, there are players in place, but development wise, it was a failure for nearly a decade. There is not to mention again, like he's, here's what's so annoying is I can't wait for the Kings to get Jacob Chickering and they like a blockbuster move to bring an elite talent, which is something he would never do when he was a half when Habs GM. I, I just, there's, I just think of everything that Burge did wrong. Did he have moments? Yes. But I just don't see how you can really take the time and effort into his portfolio and think this is the guy. I just can't. And again, he's not GM, so maybe we can criticize a team that actually goes and ends up hiring him. But yeah, there's there's a lot there. You know what LA need right now? Better defense. Look at Montreal's defense. And the, uh, we want that the man who uh, built that second last team in the league right now. I mean, okay, the Kings are a bit on the upswing now. So I, the way I see it is. He's not going to be part of a group that decides on a top five pick, at least for now, for the LA Kings. Like, I think they're beyond that right now. He's going to be AGM. AGM. Is he going to be director of player personnel? Oh, goodness. Could you imagine? <laughs> um, no, you, you brought up trading for Jacob Chickering, right? Before you do that, I just realized. Yes. Um, you think Blackhawks fans are kind of like, he, you know, I know we, we associate him with. You know, being a Hab, obviously, because I mean, like being Hab's GM. You gotta remember, he was a big part of the Chicago's, as you mentioned, like director, player, personnel. I wonder if it's almost like Blackhawks fans in the back of their mind. I think they have more to be upset about with Bergevin thinking Kyle Beach stuff. But you got to think, like, it's almost like he crosses the picket line because he's going to the Kings. Anyway, yeah. everyone, um, if anyone remembers, <laughs> they used to be two very good teams and they used to be some of the best yes. games to ever watch. But no, yeah, but the, the irony of him, of the LA Kings trading for Jacob Chickering a puck moving defenseman when you have you, I think from episode one of this podcast have been clamoring for it. Um, That Evander Kane picture was actually from 2012. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, Uh, he was a, he was a Winnipeg jet. Slash Atlanta Thrasher because the Jets didn't make a. Actually, no, never mind. I think by that that time, is my mistake. That was a year after. He yes, was 2011. He was drafted as a Thrasher, but I don't yeah, think he ever yeah. played as a Thrasher. Oh, he did for from he 2009 did. to 2011. Yeah. Remember, he he's wearing a Thrasher's unicorn uh, uniform when he drops uh, Matt Cook. Oh, if, if, I'm then I'm thinking of another player. Yeah. Sorry. Look look up Evander. Listen, no one likes Evander Kane. Uh, look up Evander Kane versus Matt Cook. If you ever, oh, that's a, that's a satisfying, it's, it, Kane drops him, but because obviously no one likes Matt Cook, like okay. I went yeah. on the ice solely to injure people. Eric Carlson says hello. 
Um, but oh god, I hated Matt Cook. That's that's a satisfying thing to watch. Is Vander Kane versus Matt. I'm not a big like fight night guy, but like you know, I mean, still, still, uh, still significant. Speaking of GMs and all that around, Ken Holland, GM of the Edmonton Oilers, spoke yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't much of a surprise. Um, still, some of the big takeaway here, takeaways here. Um, first off, he said he likes his team. They think they can win. He likes his roster. Did acknowledge right after the fact that he built the roster, so not a surprise there. Uh, he used a Bergevin classic that the answer is in the room. <laughs> I love that. The one so I cliche. Uh, oh. Bergevin classics, their first rounder is apparently off the table. As of right now, I think that's actually kind of a smart move because they're bad. Um but he, someone asked him, I forget the reporter, but it was, are you all in? And he said, yes. But there was an asterisk. He wouldn't give up an elite level talent or someone to bring in a fix for this year. I, I felt I could feel Oilers fans' pains. now. And from the first question he ever got was, are you a fan or have you ever brought in a reclamation project? And I think the third question was, are you interested in the Vanderkin? Because Darren Dreger reported, and I know I'm going all over the place here because we're going to spend time on this. I can guarantee you that. Because um, right now, we look at Edmonton and we know that there's issues in goal, there's issue with depth scoring, and their defense is questionable, right? Uh, the first immediate fix is goaltending because it's easiest to fix right away. Um, except Evander Kane is probably going to sign a one-year deal whenever this grievance is sorted out. He'll be cheap. And that's a good, uh, like the kind of player that they would love in Edmonton and Holland would love to have. Um, and it's been reported, Darren Dreger said on Insider Trading, that there were three big teams at the top of Vander Kane's list right now. It could change, but he says the two Florida teams and Edmonton. So, first off, we look silly saying no one would come to a big <laughs> team <laughs> Lot there. Lot there. there. Um, for me, I guess, yeah, I, I, you know, on ice production solely, he works for the Oilers. Um, I think in terms of when you mentioned reclamation prizes, um, not prizes, reclamation projects, the one thing I, I think you, 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 get, you come close to is a Brendan Perlini, where I know it's not the same level, but it's the type of guy that he has had attitude problems before. He has requested trades from other teams before, and I know that they tried to remodel him as like a fourth line grinder to just try to add some depth to there because he was a lottery pick. But with Evander Kane, I know that he does address the scoring and everything. But for me, the way the year's been, the way everything's kind of been for that, like what kind of Evander Kane are you getting at this point? Because there's been so many stoppages with it where, yeah, you could add him as maybe a deadline piece, as a late season piece to try to help jumpstart the offense. But I still don't trust something like that. Not a reclamation project. It's a it, listen. We know he's a good player. He's just a a, a bad guy. The overdrive <laughs> segment talking about this was really really good. By the way, I don't often listen to overdrive, but I saw the clip and they had Mike Johnson on. But it's just by the way, it's another example of how the NHL just don't. I saw this really funny tweet. It was talking about how uh, Taylor Hall in his Edmonton days was known as this partier, you know, great, horrible in the locker room and all that type of stuff. You know, when he's tweeting about his boat license, what are you talking about? But Evander Kane is going to come in with all his noise around him. I just think that's really, really rich. I know this is different, but this is something that, I know it was uh, Peter Shirelli, but you remember when they got Brandon Manning oh, from yeah. the Blackhawks? 
So for those of you who don't remember, you remember how uh, how Panarin won the Calder people in his rookie year? Yeah, you know who he beat out for? McDavid, because McDavid only played half a season because Brandon Manning broke his collarbone. And Shirelli went out and got him. Could you imagine? I've used this example on the show before. I know I have. If Mark Bergeron had brought Chris Kreider into the Montreal Canadiens organization and Carey Price is there like, hi, yeah, remember my niece, Dick? Even Zdeno Chara. Oh, oh my different, God. Sir, different, I guess. <laughs> the city would burn yeah. to, a, to a crisp. Yeah. He still gets booed today. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's kind of what, purely hockey standpoint, he's really what they need. But like there's this surrounding bubble. And I think we've had the discussion before, maybe with other players, but is because I, I've seen people talk about it from Toronto standpoint. And I'm like, okay, is the is the room good enough to bring a guy like this in? He, he you know, it's really funny. He mentioned that we had a strong we have a strong room. I'm paraphrasing here. And you know what I thought right away? And I remember, I think we, we we did an episode when he when Evander Kane went to San Jose. I remember saying he'll be sorted out there because yeah. if you remember, for years the Sharks were like um, they almost had this air of the Island of Misfit Toys where people could be themselves. You had Thornton and, and Burns doing the ESP body issue and their beards and Don Cherry ripping them every Saturday, but they don't care because who cares what Don Cherry thinks. Um, and we thought that it would work out there. So if it did work out in San Jose, like no one can take Duncan Keith seriously right now. Time to say that. I doubt if Vander Kane's gonna listen to Connor. Like respect to Connor McDavid, Vander Kane's not gonna listen to Connor McDavid. He's not. No, I I don't think he is either. Like I I think, and I mean all respect to Connor McDavid because he is a hell of a player and he, like nowhere close to what I could do, but. Uh, no, I'm nowhere close to what he can do. Sorry. Uh, opposite. Um, I don't know how much of a commanding presence Connor, like he's the captain, but the way it's perceived, I perceive it. I don't know how much of a commanding presence he has in that room, considering that they went out to get Duncan Keith in the summer. It's not even just that. It's just, I don't think Kane's the type of guy to listen to anyone who he doesn't like. And if somebody, if, Think of it. If Connor McDavid's egging you on, like skate harder, do this, do that, is Evander Cade? Does he strike you as the kind of person that's sort of open to criticism? Maybe Duncan Keith will help him out, but like, like he's not going to listen to Darnell. Is he going to no. listen to Tippett? Doubt it. Zach Cassian. Maybe. 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 <laughs> no. no. You know, he has a problem I, with enforcers I, before. I, I think the thing here is is if we're if this was his second, if it was actually his second chance, as Ken Holland made it out to be, like maybe he got radioed a little bit, but I listened to that press conference a couple times. Um, I just, I maybe have a different opinion and say, okay, fine. Maybe he'd listen to them, but there's clear evidence on now three different teams where it didn't work. That whole press conference, defend Alex here. Listen, Holland knew the Holland's been around a long time. He knows what he says, especially in, in mm-hmm. the Canadian market. And he was defensive for a lot of stuff in that press conference. 
Sorry to shift off of Andrew Kane here, guys. We've talked no, about okay. him a lot this yes. year, and I hope to never speak of him again, but we probably will because we will have to, yeah. Character. yeah. Um, because I wanted to mention the goaltending because it's been a rather important topic. Even Alex and I have been a bad bit back and forth about it. Um, I mean, we still agree it's bad, but when asked about <laughs> yeah. it, like Holland went on this diatribe where he was like, um, like talking about the history of their goaltending last year, right? Um, and the point of we need Smitty back was a big talking. He was asked, do you see any responsibility with Stuart Skinner? Which is fair, young goalie, you never know, right? And then he turned it into we need Smitty back. We need Mike Smith back. Mike Smith back. <laughs> is this the play? Like it's almost he still has this hope in Mike Smith, which even I'm off of that boat now. And I defended Mike Smith for months. What are we doing here? You, you know, he had he actually made one really good point in that in that entire press conference yeah. when he says, you know, this isn't like he pre- I, I'm paraphrasing here, but he pretty much said it, it's not just one problem. We have issues with, you know, our goaltending, our yeah. defense, our secondary scoring, our power plays not clicking, our penalty kills not working like he had that spot on. Well, but everything else like he was just con- it felt like he was contradicting himself. You know what? Okay, this like okay, two things. I liked the honesty from Ken Holland. I really liked that he listed out, kind of hung out the team to dry, but you know, they needed this at this point to jumpstart them. But I think the second thing is I've said it before, this just is gonna sound like a bunch of those let's see if I can maximize this value type of trade. Like it's I think I'm gonna just predict this. I might be wrong. Either than other than a, an Evander Kane signing, we're just gonna see like a Mike Green type of trade. What is bringing in an older? What, bringing what, in like an older guy, thinking he, he could reclaim something, and then you trade away like a fourth round. Pick. He already did that. He traded for Duncan Keith. Don't forget about you mentioned <laughs> a fourth for a random guy. That was Dmitry Kulikov trade. That was the oh the boys are playing well. Let's go out and get Dmitry Kulikov last year. Like, I just, it, it just, listen, two other, this is the third GM in Canada to have to have a press conference like this. Two general managers have been fired and one coach has been fired. The only reason Dominic Ducharme is not fired right now is because they've kind of given up. Like, right. Is that fair, Adam? That's they a fair Dominic assessment. Ducharme is their best chance of finishing last. Right. So like, it just feels like, I'm not predicting the future, but we've press conferences like this. And I don't think this press conference went well at all. In my opinion, like it felt like a disaster. He was confident. He reminded me, Ken Holland. He reminded me that they had seven coaches in 10 years. Yeah, that was, well, yeah. Cause I don't, uh, Tippett, Tippett shouldn't be fired. It's just not his fault. I mean, has he been, again, he should not have thrown Koskin under the bus like he did, but. No, I agree. Like you shouldn't continue. How many coaches had Ryan Nugent Hopkins had? Like, is is it seven? Seven. Is it all of them. Yeah, it's, he's been there. Yeah. The, I I had years. a I had a tweet uh, when he said when he made that. Let's see if I can find it now. But pretty much, there are how many coaches do you think were above five hundred? Uh, zero. One. Uh, two of them, and now I can't find it. But one of them is Dave Tippett. Yeah, and what McLennan? Like uh, and Todd right? and Todd McClellan, who was yeah. barely over five hundred. Was that two thousand seventeen? No, no, I mean like as their career. 
oh, as an Oilers career. coach. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Two coaches in the last decade have a points percentage above 500. And it was like Dallas Aikens, Ralph Kruger. Yeah. And um, Ken Hitchcock was yeah, there for yeah. a season and a half yeah. or so. Like, it, it's just maybe you're not bra- like he made that point. I just maybe you're not bringing the right coaches, uh, Ken. Like that's not him personally, because obviously Peter Shirelli and and I believe Craig McTavish. But I get the point, and I don't think Dave Tippett should be fired. I just I don't get the point. Can't wait till they hire Joe Quindle, by the way. <laughs> anyway, I feel like you know, okay, that'd be a smarter move than like Evander Kane. But I know that there's so much controversy around that. That's something that should simmer for a while. That. Yeah, like, we'll see how the Joel Quindle uh, thing goes. Put water over it and don't bring him back ever. <laughs> Quindle has no place in the game anymore. Like absolutely none. But I, uh, Holland, under my leadership, will teach this. How old is it? Is is Quindle probably in his sixties? You know, we can change him though. We can change Evander Kane, a fully grown man who knows his choices and whatnot. He's thirty now, right? Yeah, Evander Kane. Yeah. I believe so. Around there. He's a grown man, a very, very grown man. Okay. Funny thing, just one more thing for Evander Kane, because just one more thing I want to say is um, I remember when Buffalo, they were really bad and they jumped the gun to get Evander Kane because they said that if we get either McDavid or Eichel, he needs a 30-goal score beside him. And then it'd be ironic if he ends up with Connor. He ends up with both Jack Eichel in his career and Connor McDavid. I feel bad for Zach Hyman. He doesn't deserve. It. No, he doesn't. Okay. No, he's the um, you know the um, the memes like this is fine. This is yeah. The, yeah, the dog. It's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, gentlemen, Pickerask is apparently starting for the Boston Bruins tomorrow. Not tonight against the Habs because I would have started it, but that's weird. Well, congrats Pickerask to him. Day. He just he just got out of a PTO and now he's starting in the NHL. Hi, ridiculous, right? How wow. Do you, how do you give an NHL shot to someone who. Uh, I can't even make an NHL team. Oh, whoa, Ram, you go pokey. <laughs> Take a ass. Woo. I like to mention, guys, remember in our uh, in our Twitter uh, messages, in two straight messages, we talked about Andrew Raycroft and Tukarask. Did we? Yes, we yeah. did. Listen, I'm excited to see Tukarask back. The Bruins, listen, there's just something about a calming presence. Maybe that's what they're they're lacking a bit of zod, a bit of hoobla, a bit of a bit of support. Yeah, the the, the heat the heat needs to go to someone else. I know, obviously, go to Tugarask. Of course, yes. So <laughs> who goes on the like you know who goes on the taxi squad eventually now? Like Jeremy, uh, Swayman, Jeremy Swayman got sent to the minors. Uh, you can't if you don't have to go on waivers, you can't be on the taxi squad. Oh, okay, I okay. believe is the rule. On a, do you guys see in 32 Thoughts? Apparently, Friedman speculated whether they would be a good fit for Max Domi. He would fit I, really well. Yeah, yeah he would. I would hate to see it. Oh, that would be awful. Because you know he'd be a, he would fit the Bruins' identity, too. And he loves playing in those big markets. Yeah, he'd be, I think that makes a lot of sense. Again, you know, you, you saw the flair he had in Montreal for that. The first year, at least. Huh? Well, I think that's a safe bet. I think it makes a lot of sense if you're, and I don't think he'd be too expensive. So that'd be pretty good, though. It'd be pretty. Is he? Pretty I didn't even check his stats this year for the Blue Jackets. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll double check, but I I think he was injured. Well. Yeah. 
Because I know health has been a concern for him there. What? Uh, yeah, he. I think he didn't start this season. He has 16 points in 24 games, eight goals, eight assists. For a defensive team like uh, Columbus, that's pretty good. That's not bad. Better than Charlie Coyle. Ooh. I could see Domi and Coyle playing together. Just like Domi is going to be like the secondary Brad Marchant in the, mm-hmm. in like probably the top nine. And Charlie Cole is just going to be there, like being the size to defend him. Believe it or not, something Elliot Friedman speculated about in 32 Thoughts makes a lot of sense. How dare he? How yeah, dare he? Exactly. I don't, uh, Elliot Friedman, who's he think he is? I'm going to read some bits of 32 Thoughts here. Okay. Start the thought number 10. Bob Clark dropped bombs on Cam Jansen and Andy Strickland's podcast. This is Bob yeah. Clark, aka the Philadelphia Flyer, Bob Clark, Bobby Clark. If you never I think you know who Bobby Clark is, um, uh, talking, uh, taking the big run at former Philadelphia Flyer GM Ron Hextall. If anything, that confirmed a huge divide between Hextall and the Flyers alumni. The power struggle that played a major factor in Hextall's firing. My main takeaway from the timing of Clark's comments is that the heat is on. And, Com- and Comcast is deciding what direction um, the team should go. Clark would want current GM Chuck Fletcher to rebuild the team if that's the chosen path. Um, by taking this route, he's trying to make sure that happens. He'd do anything to defend someone he likes. That sounds like Bobby Clark. Uh, thought number 11, asked about Clark's comments. One scout laughed. It was Haskin and not Makar close enough. Okay, what that's referring to is Bobby Clark said, None of our scouts wanted to take Nolan Patrick second overall. Uh, of course, they moved up in that draft. So did uh, I want to say they were like the best team to miss. Yeah, uh, they barely missed Dallas the playoffs that year. Yeah, moved up. Yeah. So I, this makes a lot of sense because Kale McCarr has very much been in the news this year because he is having a Bobby Orr like season. It's incredible to watch. Um, uh, and basically ripped saying like none of our scouts liked him. Uh, we wanted to kill McCarr and Hextall just said no. Um, there's a bit wrong here. Um, first off, and I'm going to get to flat number 12 in a second. Again, that scout said it was Haskin, not McCarr. Uh, very different players, which fair enough. First off, for those of you who don't remember, a majority of that year, Nolan Patrick was slated to go number one. But I think what threw doubt was he had a shoulder injury and didn't play a lot of time for Brandon, I think. Yeah, we kings. Um, and to criticize, there have been a lot of decisions with the Flyers lately under Fletcher that I think are very much should be taken into question instead of throwing this sort of fire at a GM who's been out of your organization for how many years and was right about Carter Hart, by the way. Yeah, I, I listened. So I actually listened to the entire interview because I was really curious if he had anything else to say. Um, with the Makar stuff, like I, if you go look at that draft, I, I think I want to say it's Merrick who brings it up quite a bit. That like there were teams that had Pet- Pedersen was in that draft as well, was he not? He was his fifth. Like Pedersen, there are teams who had Pedersen at first too. So like I, I think that entire, I think looking at this draft now is a lot of 2020 hindsight. So I, I don't think it's fair to do that to Ron Hextall. Um, I don't agree with Ron Hextall's way of running a team. That's, but that's beside, that's besides the point. Um, I, this is a gut feeling here. I wonder 
if Bobby Clark did this because Ron Hextall moved to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know their rivalry isn't as hot today, but at one point it was. Ron Hextall leaving, right? It's it, You got to remember at the end of the day, this is the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. Right? There's an identity to that. I think it helps. I think there was fire. There's a log in the fire there. I believe because obviously things in Philly haven't been great, but it feels it's not a surprise. Again, we don't agree with him, and there's a lot like the wrist alignment move was a bit butthead and all that. Yeah, and it was a bit kind of questionable there, but um, does it help? No, especially because as Freeman reminds people, they've never had a good relationship. Like how I don't think it was surprising how open Stan Bowman was in the, the Jenner and Block report about Quinville. Um, it's not for, for Stan Bowman's willingness to talk. Uh, you question how many hockey people from that Blackhawks group would still be in place, for example. Um, I don't think it's the main reason, but I think it definitely, if, if Bobby Clark's up late at night after a bad Flyers lost, I'm sure he's thinking... And he went to Pittsburgh. There's a lot to nitpick here because when I look back on like what Alex said with the 2017 draft, there were a lot of like questions about who's going to go first. Who's what, what are we going to do? I remember there was a huge, huge emphasis on the world juniors for Nico Hishier. And when you look back on things, I remember for the scout report, like Hill McCarr was not expected to be in the top five for a lot of lists. And I remember Vancouver was criticized for taking Elias Pettersson over Cody Glass or Timothy Lilligren falling to 17th. These are so many things that, again, Alex said, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And I, I, I look back on Nolan Patrick and like I just want to focus on two things here. First, before I go into Nolan Patrick, like I remember Bobby Clark also threw Morgan Frost under the bus where he said we had two first round picks in that and none of them are going to make it or not. None of them are going to play. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure Morgan Frost is on the active roster right now. And the second thing with Nolan Patrick is, is just an unfortunate thing because he was those, that prototypical, you know, power forward scoring center that a lot of teams would love to have. And he tried his best. He really did. I remember he showed up to two world junior summer camps injured and still tried to make the team. And then even after the Flyers, like he was just thinking about getting better and coming back. And the way they just kind of dismiss everything like that, where in a way, like I don't like use this slang word, but like you're dunking on the guy when he's not there anymore and he can't defend himself. Regardless, he was a top rated pick in that draft. And yeah, like this guy, well, I'm sure he wanted to be a flyer, but his body just, it didn't work. And it's not even just throwing hex tall. It's like you're saying anything with Morgan Frost. Now. He's, he's ripping this guy too. Do, do you guys remember early this year? I forget who it was, but um, there was something to do. Merrick talked about something on 32 thoughts. It had to do with the Boston Bruins and debate over the McAvoy pick. I think it was. And someone in the Bruins reached out in the next episode of 32 thoughts. Merrick corrected it. Have you ever once heard the Bruins complain about their like consecutive picks of like um what was it Zaboral, uh Dubrovskan, who's the third one? Sanishin. Sanishin. And then everyone's like, oh, Connor, Shabbat, and Barzell. The Bruins internally, maybe, and yes, the Tyler Sagan thing is well known, but 
have you heard, you know, Jeremy Jacobs come out and say, Zanishian's a damn plug, man. I would have loved that Kyle Connor, Michigan kid. No, it's that's a difference. Um, there's a difference there. And if you want any sort of further thought as to where the flyers are, I'll finish off with thought number 12. Uh, Elliot, what a great guy. Likes my shoes. Um, 12. Uh, it's been too long, but love uh, doing Philadelphia. I've uh, been too long, but love doing games in Philadelphia. You remember that when Patrick Kane scored to win the 2010 Stanley Cup, no one realized it was in. I was working rinkside then, standing in the Zamboni arena uh, area with a monitor. As I watched the replay, several fans started yelling, is it in? Is it a goal? When I nodded and said yes, what followed was some of the loudest, most creative swearing ever heard on earth. The passion was amazing. Their love for the Flyers, both past and present. That game was in Philadelphia, by the way. Uh, Philadelphia's upcoming scouting meetings are going to be intense. There will be deep conversations about both personnel and on-ice direction. However, it sure seems like the organization needs to work on something else, re-engaging history. I couldn't believe how many angry direct messages filled my inbox because that would have been Ed Snyder's 89th birthday was not recognized during last Thursday's game against Pittsburgh. That follow at that that follows many of those same fans feeling last November's Flyers Hall of Fame induction was mishandled. There's work to do here. And if there's a market that's going to let you know when you're messing up, it's I didn't know that about the Ed Snyder thing. That's massive. That's, you can't do that. Yeah, that's huge. The Flyers. Uh, a lot to keep. Uh, Claude Giroux so gone. But I know I keep bringing this up, but Claude Giroux is so gone, eh? Isn't yeah. it weird? They always have like a weird history with their like it's it's a lot more muted with Claude Giroux, but it's always weird. The Flyers in like the last twenty years has always had a weird thing with their captains. And I'd like to point out before we move on, Bobby Clark picked Eric Lindros to be captain of the Olympic team yeah. over yes, Gretzky, Eiserman, yes. and Sakic. So they talk about that in the interview, and he goes, "Yeah, that was the wrong mistake." I'm like, oh, "Cool." Like, I guess you guess you. Oh. No, really? It was a mistake? Listen, from one outrageous sort of altercation between some uh, some former Flyers, uh, two teammates are coming together for the better in Detroit. Steve Eiserman has brought back Nicholas Lidstrom. Uh, He will now be the vice president of Hockey Ops. Listen, normally we don't talk about this type of stuff, but it is... I just thought it'd be, I remember, was it the 2011 All-Star game, Daniel? He was captain. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I want to say he, yeah. he won the Norris like that year or the year before at like 40. Yeah. This game, uh, I think we've talked about this before. I consider Eric, um, not Eric, Eric Carlson, my goodness. Uh, I believe Nicholas Lindstrom is the best defenseman to ever play this game. And it's just so cool to see him back. Uh, like obviously not as a player, but the Iserman joked, joked about <laughs> in it, the yeah. press conference. We can see about that. Oh, it's the most hockey joke ever. I just, I, I, I'm so happy to see. You know, you know what I love about like this announcement is that so many hockey accounts right now are just showing so many highlights from like the early 2000s Red Wings about the type of play Dick Lidstrom did for everyone. I remember he was doing these crazy passes against Vancouver. I was watching before this. We started recording is it just so seem so seamless, like from Lidstrom to Iserman to Brett Hall. It's just it's, it's still amazing to watch like 20 years later. The thing with me was always how he would always bat pucks out of out of the, the air. 
It was like, and I think players have talked about it, that they go to the bench and the coach would be like, what's going on? It's like, he picked it out the sky. <laughs> what do we do? It's the air around Detroit a couple of years ago when Holland was still around was just so, it felt like they were beaten to the ground. But now it, it's funny what a good hiring, and listen, I'm, I don't know a lot about what like Lidstrom's been doing, but you know, working with Iserman's going to do plenty good. It's it's going to do plenty good. It's it's always good to have those guys back and around the game. And you know what? It we know Sweden for their defense, like in an international sense. That is not what it is about Nicholas Lidstrom, like Carlson and that uh, Dalin. You know, even screw it. I'm sure Mio Heiskin, like the guys in Finland and that. Hell, I, I'm sure Kale McCarr watched Nicholas Lidstrom going up and was like, "That's the guy." You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, th- but I think it's an added bonus to the Detroit Red Wings organization because I listened to the, I went to go listen to the uh, press conference that they did uh, yesterday or whenever I don't remember which day it was, but you know, someone asked him about, you know, are you going to be on the ice? Because obviously he's going to do this job from Sweden. I don't know if you, like, he's, he's doing the remote job work. for remote work. <laughs> really? Yeah, literally. Um, but someone asked him if he was going to be on the ice, like, you know, with some of these guys and he goes, and I don't, he didn't really say yes, but he said, you know, I want to get to know these guys off the ice uh, too. And I think that's huge, especially for, you know, everyone, but you know, a guy like Moritz Sider and a guy like Philip Ronick, who, and Simon Edvinson, who is in Sweden. I just I think that's really helpful for defensemen to be around a guy like Nicholas Lidstrom, who is one of the best to ever play. One thing there is like really interesting is we've when we go back when we go from Philly to Detroit, I think that we look at the Red Wings as a team on the upswing. And I think this is best, you know, two things for Lidstrom being one of the best, like arguably the best defenseman ever to be a bit of a mentor here in the management position. But at the same time, with Steve Eiserman, Nick Lidstrom there, it's just, you know, you're remembering, it's like, this is the potential that you could have as a team. Like, you know, if you develop your players properly, if you really go through the process of rebuilding and making it a better team, look what's possible. They're remembering themselves and their history. I just think it's like uh, if you're trying to recruit like a free agent from overseas or something, who do you send to convince them to come? Or if you're trying to do like an interview with a candidate or something, or, or even like a kid at the draft, and they get to speak to Steve Eiserman and Nick Lidstrom. Like that's, that's just going to be really good. That's a good sales pitch is, hey, they were two of the best players ever. And, you know, now, there's been like we like Kirby Doc's famous story on Eiserman. He just seems like a road of to hang out with and he's a really good hockey mind like a really yeah. good gm too oh goodness gracious i love steve eiserman and nick lidstrom let's go let's go okay leafs habs start with the leafs vegas game uh we will not we're gonna ignore the fact that it was 3-1 because the leafs won coincidentally enough uh but it happened on a road game at 10 p.m so no one really talked about it but um no it was quite an entertaining game. I watched it this morning. I feel really bad that I, f- I didn't even know it was happening. I just no, it's at okay. my phone and I'm like, oh. To be honest, oh, I almost forgot 
it was happening. For me, it's still, I know that we already had it earlier in the season, but whenever the Leafs go on the road and you see the crowd, it still oh, muffles me. In Arizona tonight, it's going to be hilarious. Cause yeah, because it's just going to be a bunch of Matthews jerseys. Yeah, I bet even the Arizona jerseys are going to be awesome. Did you guys see that yeah. meme of um, Spider-Man Homecoming? And then they just, it was like poorly done, but I think they did it on purpose where it, they just replaced Spider-Man with Austin Matthews. What do you mean? Why? So it just says Homecoming oh. against the Coyotes. <laughs> but it's like, okay, I'll show it. It, just, it looks like he's sleeping. The one time a year when the Coyotes make gate money. It's hilarious. No, I, I last night while Daniel's pulling up this picture, I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was quite an entertaining game. Like it was very back and forth um, for pretty much all three periods. What it looked like to me happened in the third period was that it seemingly they got gassed again. Like the Keith had that quote from Colorado kind of uh, from the Colorado game saying something similar. And I think it happened again here. And this is, this was an issue they had in their earlier years, still under Babcock, where, you know, they'd start the game and then they just die off or they wouldn't start the game on time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I wonder if it's due to a lack of playing or if it's due to, um, you know, going from playing in front of zero fans and then going to play in front of 20,000 people is quite a change. Like I, I wonder how much of an effect that does have. I, it sounds like I'm making excuses, but like I think there's a huge adrenaline rush when you walk out to a crowd of twenty thousand people versus when you walk into a crowd of zero. I mean, I remember Jason Spezza saying it was nothing to nothing good was going to be a change when he went to Montreal for Game Six, and uh, I think the crowd had a big effect there. Alex, so I'm going to agree with you. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I remember when it was. Um, like what? Like even watching, I think it was Game One, Montreal Vegas, when it was the first like game involving Montreal where it was a full crowd. Um, crowds matter, so maybe that's true. It it also like listen, it's a Western road trip, and I think they run a pretty long one too, right? They even come back east against uh, the Rangers. That's yeah, a pretty long one too. See what what's gonna can be really tough. Yeah, they go to the Islanders, so I guess they're on a long one here. Eh? Um, I feel like it's going to happen with yeah. a lot of Canadian teams too. That's a, another thing to really keep an eye on is, and this is why it's so important to get points early, is the Canadian teams are going to be gassed at the end of the year because yeah. their schedules are going to be awful because they haven't yeah. played. At least after what? They have because nine games to come up with? Where where are the Sens? <laughs> where are the Jets? Are they still, do they exist? I, I'm curious. Where are they? I I feel like they haven't played in a while. Like uh, Ottawa is at 29 games played. Uh, in comparison, Montreal and Toronto are both at 34. What? And the Habs haven't played in like a week and a half. Uh, what was the other team you mentioned? Oh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg's at 33. Like, I, I guess. Okay, so it's around there. It's not horrible, but. Last it, on like the sixth. If I'm is getting to a point um, where it's becoming a bit concerning. Uh, and, you know, obviously Winnipeg talked about going to play in uh, Saskatchewan, <laughs> but, but obviously that didn't happen. I just, I wonder if there's a solution here, like reversing the, like if you're playing in Canada, you reverse it. So you play away. 
And then you redo those home games later on in the season when you're supposed to play those teams again. It's something that could work and you minimize the lack of games played. Um, But again, it's up to the NHL to figure that out. And we know how creative they are. So obviously it's going to go very well. Speaking of creative. Yes. Or the opposite of that. You want to talk about the All-Star game for a second? Actually, wait, wait. I'm completely forgetting you want to talk about Ilya Mikheyev, didn't you? Oh yeah, he has. Oh, the 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 year. Let me share my screen. I want <laughs> you to see this. Goal, isn't his goal per game like leading the team? Because he's only played like six games. Yeah, let me share my screen for a second. My I apologies. I just to, wanted no, you guys to see this. Do you guys see this? <laughs> oh, and it's yeah. oh, it's like the the oh, it's like the uh, the poster. Oh, where yeah, where, but it's a, it looks so awkward. <laughs> so uh, Daniel's finally showing the Austin Matthews photoshopped homecoming thing so it's mm-hmm. it's the spider-man like homecoming poster where peter's just laying on like a road or something and it's just like a sideways picture of matthews just standing up it's not it's just it's very it's poor. yeah not great <laughs> i like it no no it's it's great more creative than what the nhl would probably come up with um and i love but, hard down yeah exactly uh, but with elia mccabe he has four goals in five games there we go. Hey, hey, hey! You know why? Why contract year? Yes. It's a contract a first year. for him. <laughs> They're not trading him. This is Adri on your hundred. I saw. Point base. I saw. I don't know who wrote the article, but I am done with it. About talking about if they can afford to keep Ilya McCamp. He requested a trade. He's clearly not coming back. Was that um? Was that Myrtle? It was either Myrtle or Seagull. I don't remember which one. I don't care. He's probably not coming back. He doesn't didn't want to be here at the start of the season. But what I wanted to bring up about Ely McCabe, his goal last night was literally exactly what I was saying in the offseason. In the offseason, I said he needs to improve his net front finishing because that will make him a much better player considering the, the guys he was playing with. I th- I don't remember who he was playing. He was playing on the third line last night, but he's had time with Tavares and Nylander. If he improves his net front finishing, he will be a much better player. And what that goal last night proved is he can do it. Just got to keep doing it. Well, you know, Bucks and Deaton, four-check our goal to 30 years and good things happen. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, you know, uh, Sometimes if I don't like you and your hand and this is off, you're just not going to play for Mike Babcock. You know, so, you don't have a good family, don't have a good diet. Well, it's tough. You're going to sit Have here. a good family. Wait, so listen, so does Ilya McKayev in the offseason yeah. get a Nikolai Kuhlman type of contract? Who in, you're going to have to remind me what that yes, contract you know. is. He signed in 2014-2015 when he left the Leafs for the Islanders. Signed a four-year deal okay. and got $4.1 million. I could see him getting something around the threes, four, not in this economy, unless it's uh, who, who's going to overpay for depth? Uh, see the Kings because the Oilers <laughs> confirmed Ilya McKayev to the Oilers in the offseason. You made oh, $10 million dollars for no, Zach Hyman and Ilya McKayev. Here's the thing, though, Adam, you said in this economy last year, I'm pretty sure didn't they spend like almost a billion dollars in contracts in the first three days. I remember yeah, we I remember had that we discussion. Very not happy. It, in this yeah. economy means nothing anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, we ought to stay outside of Canada because I feel like we've been ripping the Canadian teams too, too much. We're alienating, uh, 
Most of Canada. That's okay. We'll survive. I haven't heard from any of the Saskatooners, Saskateers <laughs> yet. So Saskatoonize. No, you know, no, a, no. We established this, Daniel. What did we establish? Saskatoons. Oh yeah, Saskatoon. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Is this Saskatchewan? That's the province name. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, no, come on. I don't know geography. I figured I I didn't know the streets around where I used to live in Caledon forever. I think that's like I I probably shouldn't talk about the street address around. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Might not be the best. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 Arizona. Yeah. They should kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but, Peter you know, Mraz explain. Can you at least, uh, oh, well, that's good for Montreal then. Because <laughs> that means there's a chance that the Coyotes can at least get a point. Listen, so first off, uh, going to Montreal. Yeah, they're playing. God, I forgot what that's like. It's nice that their first game back is actually on TV, by the way. Um, ooh, Hockey Night, not Hockey Night in Canada, but Scotiabank rivalry. Wednesday night hockey. Wednesday, this is a, such a weird day, Wednesday. Middle of the week, let's watch some hockey. Uh, first off, they claimed Rem Pitlick off of waivers. I think it was 11 points in 20 games. Apparently, he's a high like shooting percentage. Uh, you can probably see that that means Cedric Paquette is probably gone. Yes. But face-off specialist Cedric Paquette. I don't know what his, his face-off percentage is, but I don't care. I'm taking this from uh, NHL 21. What are his face-off stats? He was like, like an 87 or something. What what's his what is it in real life? I don't know. Maybe on the lightning it was eighty seventh. <laughs> I forgot he was a member of the lightning. But uh, you know, Rep Rem Pitlick. Min- Daniel, why the heck did Minnesota wave him? I didn't because get that. They're getting kind of like they have a lot of players that are getting in and out, and then they have an overly overabundance of wingers. Yeah. That the overabundance of wingers that Ryan Hartman is playing first line center. Yeah, that's doesn't he lead the team in scoring? I think so, yeah. And he's getting like $1.9 million. What? Have some respect for Ryan Hartman. What? He finally turned into the player Chicago thought he was when they got him. Or was it Nashville that got him for a first? It was, remember. yeah, so the Blackhawks drafted him 30th, and then he got traded to Nashville for a first. And it was just a lost, wandering vagabond. That's that's a redundant vagabond. <laughs> yeah, so Ryan Hartman has 28 points in 33 games. Hey, bad. But so he is not see. the leading scorer So the Wild. It's Kaprizov, uh, right? Kirill Kaprizov has 40 points in 30 oh, that's games. <laughs> that's we were close. We were I close. was going to say, I'm like, that's like very concerning. That's like, hugely wait, wait, wait. concerning. Who has more than Ryan Hartman besides Kaprizov? No one, no one, no one. Oh, that's, that's what I mean. Kaprizov's yeah, not yeah. playing right now. So I'm right like, because Kaprizov's not with the team because he's hurt. It's also kind of sure. like with the Ducks where because they have so many guys in and out that like I think like Sonny Milano is almost a point per game guy for them. Like I, I, I'm not saying that Red Pitlick's going to put up 40 points of the Haps, but you know, I, it's a fine pickup. Like he's better than Paquette. Uh, it's interesting because the Habs tonight, for the first time in like a month, will be icing an NHL roster. Like they're getting significant players back, but these are players that, beside the layoff of the past week and a bit, there are guys like I think Joss Anderson's back tonight. There are guys who have not played in significant amounts of time. I don't think they're going to win, believe it or not. But um, there is going to be a lot of rust for the apps tonight. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Because it's not just like Anderson. Josh Anderson was injured, right? He wasn't on yeah, he was COVID hurt, protocol. Hurt. Yeah. 
like I, I think with COVID protocol coming off of COVID protocol, yeah, there's going to be rust. But I think when you're coming off of injury, I think there's a little bit more rust there, there too. And it's just going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Is how I will put it. From a tweet that apparently Achiri Lekkonen has given Tukaraska stick stick tap at center ice. I guess for a warm up. That's, That's nice, nice of him. Yeah. Well, they're they're both Finns, both, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Finland. Uh, yeah. The Habs. I mean, if they both weren't Finnish, I feel like, why would you give him a stick tap? I don't know. Lucky is <laughs> just a, char- a nice guy. Character yeah. guy. You hear that? Character. Okay. Give up a first for him. Edmonton. Mean, like character in the locker room. Defensive player. Can't finish, but. Ed- Edmonton. Give he up a. <laughs> legit great fit. Would be an amazing fit there. Honestly. Are you for Raphael Lavoie? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, no, they're not giving up prospects. They're not giving up anything, guys. Okay. <laughs> Only fourth know. round picks for Dmitry Kulikov. Uh, and Mike Green. Yeah. <laughs> and two second round picks for Andreas Athanasiu. And we're not going to qualify him. Um, speaking of not happening, I'm not going to watch the All-Star game. Okay, do you guys know who the coaches are? Yes or no? no. I know one of them. Or I know okay, two. We're I know two. play a guessing game. Guys. An impromptu quiz. Okay. In the chat, I want both of you to tell me who is the head coach for the Atlantic Division. And this is why I will quickly look it up because I don't actually. And you also don't well. know. Okay, one second. I'm gonna send you. I, I remember make, two of them. I gotta make sure I'm sending it just to you. Okay. Fair. Fair. Oh. Oh, my mic is not being cool with me today. Uh oh! There we go. Okay, it's back. Goodness gracious! And we're back. <laughs> okay, um, I have it from Daniel. Just type it. What's taking Daniel. so long? Yeah, There's only like Daniel. Are you cheating, Daniel? Do you really think Dominic Ducharme is going to make the team? Okay. You know, I was going to make a cheeky tweet, but I Daniel, did not. Hurry up, <laughs> Daniel. Okay, Daniel, just say it. Just say it. You're muted. <laughs> You're muted. Oh my god. Yeah, Daniel's disqualified. Also, I get the point. Okay. It, it, okay. It was not DJ Smith Daniel. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, the segment sucks. Never mind. Okay, goodness gracious. Uh okay, Rod Brindam. I was just gonna get the fact that Rob Brindamore is the Metro coach and he just doesn't care. It's Jared Bettnar for the Central, Andrew Burnett for the Atlantic, Brindamore for the Metro, um, and DeBoer, who shouldn't be there because he got out coached by an interim coach in the playoffs. Um, it's Pete DeBoer for the Pacific Division. Hey, wait a second, but I did get it right because I did te- yes, message Andrew, Andrew Brunette, Brunette, so I win. I forgot was their head coach because yeah, I win. stuff happened. Um, oh, do 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 do. Uh, I so I was correct, wrong. By the oh, way. Josh was Anderson close, is no. Was no. I close? No, no, okay. no. Uh, Josh Anderson's not back tonight. By the way, but this, oh. these are the lines: uh, Lekin and Suzuki Hoffman, Drew and Dvorak, Armia on the second line over Caulfield. I hate you. I hate you so much. I was gonna say, I'm like again. Dauphin, Paling, Caulfield, Paquette, Vets, Demo, Pizzetta, Sharat, Savard. I knocked out my mic doing that. Petrie, Kula, Weidman. I think Jake Allen is starting. I don't know how much that got through because my mic, but you know, this is interesting for me. Like Montreal, they're a team that they have gave given Laurent Dauphin so many opportunities. 
in the no, top. I think nine. he's. I think he's earned it when he's. But he's on the third line. Okay, okay. I just he hasn't like, been in the top six at all. Don't worry. I know, but like other like other organizations, they really give him a chance. But like Montreal, they're like, we really gotta like work out this guy. Yeah, he earned it though. I, I think he legit has. Uh, he doesn't got. I don't think he's been given the benefit of the doubt that Caulfield. Like Caulfield hasn't gotten that level of respect, but. Uh, but yeah, but, yeah. Rod so Brindamore, if, by the way, didn't care that he was head coach of the All Star game. So if the coach doesn't care, I don't care about the game either. Did you care about the game before the coach? Of course didn't not. Care? I haven't okay. watched the game in like two years. I, I record a, the the skill competition, watch hardest shot, and I'm done. I have a fun fact. Sure. So you know when it gets pretty late, and then you're done your schoolwork or any work, and you go into like the 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 black hole of YouTube. Yep. Yes. I started watching the documentary about the 2002 Olympic team and how that was selected. Mm-hmm. And that year in 2002, they had an all-star game and the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And Wayne Gretzky used the all-star game to see how the lines would work before they set up for the Olympics. Of course he did. Smart right. guy. Uh, just to wrap up here, um, from 32 thoughts, we're going to go with thought seven and eight. First off, Montreal is paring uh, down their list for uh, the GM search. We thought the first round was done. Then Eric Engel said, no, it's still no Pierre Lebrun said it's still finishing up. God damn it. Um, hurry up. Uh, Anaheim isn't that far along, but they're uh, casting a wide net, says Friedman. Um, there's at least three candidates. These are the three that are the internal ones. Uh, Jeff Solomon, Dave Nonis, and uh, a guy Montreal wanted to talk to, but they said, no, Martin Madden Jr. Thank you. Um, anyway, and uh, he also says that it's a five-person, sorry, it's five in-person interviews remaining to determine the next GM in Vancouver. Um, amongst the finalists are Pittsburgh's Patrick Alvin, which he's heard of, and Scott Mellenby, the uh, assistant in Montreal who quit. Uh, coward. Um, of another thing. Oh, he was this. going. That, that's, not, <laughs> that's not fair. He was he was going to be fired within the next three days. <laughs> yeah, well, he let Bergevin did what he did, so he deserves the criticism. I don't care. Another thing I was reading what? was <laughs> that's how well, it works the, the he's an assistant GM. Alex, Daniel, go ahead. it's it's 6 45 the game's not starting until 7 15 it yeah, just um when you mentioned dave notice i just remembered i went through like so many mock drafts before just because when we were talking about when we were going to talk about 2017 and camel car i look back on other drafts and it's just crazy like when dave notice like we have to remember this guy got william nylander when nobody believed in that pick but at the same time, a few months before, he also got David Clarkson for that seven-year deal. So it's like you gotta love let's, this guy. Yeah, let's, uh, please the duality don't worry, of man, they say. <laughs> um, the duality of man. Uh, Rick Bonus got fined twenty-five thousand dollars for freaking out uh, after there was that miscall call in Haskinen. He retaliated for uh, the trip, and then um, it wasn't a great situation there. Again, co- listen, Brendan Moore criticizing officials. I thought it was a bit silly to find him. Uh, Rick Bonus assaulting a wall with Joe Pavelski's stick. First off, he should have been fined for doing it with such a beautiful stick because I love white sticks. They're so they look so clean. Um, I can get why you'd find a coach for losing it on the back. Who was the? I, I was gonna too long. There used to be a coach where um, I forget his name, but they, he picked up a bench like a piece of the bench and threw it onto the ice. And I think there was a Canucks coach who like waved the white flag. Like, yeah, the white piece of fabric, um, put it on the stick. Um, that's Roger Nielsen, I think. Roger Nielsen. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, old school hockey stuff that Alex remembers over Daniel. Mark that in your calendar. I know. Um, but, I know. yeah, I get why they find him for once. That was, you can't do that. I love watching it in slow-mo. 
Oh, it's great. It's so good. Put that on the Slow Mo Guys YouTube channel. Ooh, boom, boom. It's impressive it didn't break, by the way. Yeah. It, how funny is that? that you can be the stick against the boards of the fury of a coach, but too much pressure when you're taking a shot and snap. Crazy. Sticks are funny. Uh, NHL refs should be available after games. That's yeah. all I'll say. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hayskinen got done really dirty there. Uh, really done dirty. I'm going to hold off next episode so we can give proper time to it. The uh, officials who are claiming that they were uh, uh, thrown out for being whistleblowers because I think that deserves its own amount of time. Um, do, 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 do. And we can finish off with an update regarding the um, Prince Edward Island Hockey League stuff that we talked about last episode. That was the... Uh, the young man, I want to just get his name up here properly, uh, Keegan Mitchell, who was suspended for standing up for his teammate on social media and calling out officials. Uh, since then, apparently, um, the suspension to the opposing players that made the racist remarks, they haven't been named in this press conference, which is a press release, which is fascinating, but uh, Keegan Mitchell was. First off, apparently, the suspension to the players was raised to five games. Not enough. Um wasn't and Andre Deniskin suspended for 13? I think so, yeah. Cool. Um, anyway, um, and then we also look at um, uh, Keegan Mitchell has been unsuspended, obviously. Uh, they realized uh, they're wrong there. Uh, they admitted their mistakes, which is more than a lot of leagues do, but five games still isn't enough, I think we can say. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's yeah, it's not enough. It's quite fair. Even thirteen, like I brought up Andre Deniskin, but like that wasn't enough either. Daniel, it should be fifty games. I think that's fair. Yeah, it yeah. should. I don't know what their season is, but even if that's the whole season, it should be. It's you gotta like listen I, again. We don't know the culture of that Ukrainian league or the way it's around there. Um, with some of the history in Europe, you would assume that they would be less tolerance for sort of racism. Um, I could be wrong there, but it's just, it know, just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, here a lot in, of, sorry, go on. We're, sorry, we're like hockey's at its, it's hockey is Canadian, right? Um, and you kind of look at, especially um, again, with the sort of stuff that's been going on in North America, even more like going back to the George Floyd stuff. And even within hockey, the Peter stuff, the um, the Don Cherry stuff, you know that a player in at least Canada or North America period should understand how much of a, a no-no feels like such a baby word to use, but just how much of a, um, I can't think of the word, but just how much like inexcusable it is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just like these moments with things where we've talked about it so many times where it's like, is the game really growing? Because we have a lot of these other places where, you know, it's not like it's something new that it's a multicultural type of thing where there's other sports leagues that have had this. And I know they've had their own problems themselves, but it's just with hockey, it's just, it's never fully addressed. And it's just something too, where it just, when we always have to remember that, yeah, we talk about what has to be kind of addressed in the NHL, but like, let's look beyond that and see, okay, this is just, a sport problem. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the thing that, and, and I'm going to stick with hockey because I don't know what other sports are doing. And to be honest, I don't really care uh, when it comes to this situation. Like, I don't want, I don't need the comparisons. 
what the hockey has failed to do, in my opinion, has failed to make sure you understand why it's wrong. What suspending someone for 13 games does not teach them. Yes, it teaches them they shouldn't do that. But why is it wrong? They're not like that's how you deal with this. And you can say, well, it's a societal issue. Well, okay, that's fine, but you can't have it in your sport. And if you can do something to remotely help, whether it's with a small population of people, you do it and you have to explain why it's wrong. And I don't think they've addressed that at all in hockey. No, I think fans, of course, there's always that divide with, with stuff like this. Like the ones are saying, oh, it's not a big deal. You know that there are fans who want real change too. And if you want proof of that, did you guys see um, the thing about the tape that the HDA um, were promoting with their new campaign with Budweiser? Mm-hmm. The tape sold out apparently very quickly. So there's support right there for it. Um, and again, um, it's time for the big leagues to step up. Um, and there's this clip of, I just, I saw on Twitter because I wanted to double check everything before we went. And uh, it was from like 50 minutes ago and it's Connor McDavid. And the quote is when asked about Evander Kane, if fans don't like, or sorry, if Evander Kane potentially joining the Oilers, uh, if fans don't like it or the media don't like it, or whatever, it is what it is. I uh, also couldn't like goes on to say there's a lot of stuff that happens on the ice and the fans don't like. Um, yeah, and, and uh, that's the face is. of the NHL. Yeah, what yeah. can you I do? It that. is what it is. Yeah, yeah, okay, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. That's everything. A bit of a rough note to end the show, huh? But um, there it is. Uh, thank you for listening, regardless. Um, yeah. Check out the show on TikTok and all that type of stuff. The YouTube portion of the show, of course, to see our beautiful faces. Uh, Uh, Check out our social medias, my YouTube channel, Alex's blog, Daniel, CGRU, Gubbins. Uh, And yeah, leave a rating. Download the show. On iTunes and or on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yes. You can do that now. Yes. And uh, we'll see you Sunday. Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Sunday!